Pastor Barry, come on up. Hardly needs introduction. Richard Barry has been the pastor of the Trinity Scout Hegan Evangelical Free Church for a billion years. Um, even before he was pastor there, he was a child there, if I remember correctly. Saved there, etc. Became the pastor. Blew the church out of the water, decided to do something harebrained and start a homeless shelter. <laughs> the rest is is history that is being developed even as we speak. Amen. Richard. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Uh, if you've read my book, you know that you had a huge part in what we're doing. You continue to have a huge part in what we're doing. You support us financially. Many of you have shared with us in our building projects with gifts and so forth. Uh, Laura's here. She's part of our medical team. They offer free medical to homeless and all of that. So you really have a major part in what we're doing. How many of you have read my book, by the way? Just curious. Okay. Uh, shame on the rest of you. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, anyway, uh, do a quick advertisement before I go to the Word. There are the books. I do have books with me today, and they're all signed, but if you would like something personal put in them, I'll do that between the services. I'd be honored to do that if you'd like to purchase them. They're $10. Um, it was $5 going to shelter and 5 to publishers, but we've sold so many. The publisher now has given us a different rate. We get 550 and they get 450 to the shelter, but all the money goes to the shelter from that. And I'll be sharing some more, but I'd like to go to the Word first of all and then lean on into that. Can we pray and ask God to bless this word? Dad, I'm so excited to be here this morning. Thank you for setting it up that we're here. Thank you for all the people that came out this morning in this church to gather in your name. Lord, what an awesome thing to see. And now as we share what you're doing, share who you are, how you're moving. And it's all about you, Jesus. It's definitely all about you. And we've seen some magnificent things in your name. Scary things, exciting things, but all kinds of things. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that what I say today will be exactly what you once said. That might encourage someone here today and uh, wherever they're at. And Lord, we all come in different packages and different backgrounds and different hurts and needs and wants and all kinds of stuff. And I'm just praying as we share the ministry that we can minister to the hearts of the folks that are here. So help us do that. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come with such power that everybody can feel it today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I would like to quickly just read a passage to you. And it's out of 1 Kings chapter 17. And it has to do with the prophet Elijah. And at this time, like a lot of times, Israel is screwed up and going after other gods and at this time, there's a drought on the land, and Elijah's been out prophesying and having a hard time. And he actually was uh, being fed by a, a crow or whatever you want to call that little bird to come over and fed him. But he drank from a brook. And we're going to see in a minute, even the brook dries up because the drought's so bad. Because there's, there's two droughts right now in Israel. One is physical and one is spiritual. And the physical was brought on by the spiritual. Uh, Dad said, I've had enough of that, kids. And he's... Shut up the rain, and he brought a drought. And in the midst of that, he's going to do an awesome thing uh, that really touches my heart uh, because these things I used to read, and they were nice, and I used to share them, but they mean more to me than they ever did because I'm seeing these kinds of things happening every day 
with our homeless shelter. Believe it or not, we depend on these crazy things you're going to see in a minute to survive. And he starts out in verse 7 of chapter 17 of 1 Kings. He says, Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. And we don't think much of that right now. It doesn't sound that big a deal. But at this time, it obviously was. And she says, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have. Bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up. The jug of oil did not run dry. And keeping the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Wow. I used to read that and go, that's a nice story. That is really good stuff for Israel. Because I know we're not Israel. And so I thought that's what he did with Israel. And I thought, it's nice to look back and see what he did. And then in the early church, I saw the miracles he did. And I said, that's nice too, but I'm not the early church. I learned all that in school. I understood I'm not Israel. I'm not early church. And God isn't doing all those crazy things now because we got the Bible. And, and so we got all we need. Sorry. Eight years ago, I found out I didn't have all I needed. It's great to have the Bible, and that's the basis for everything we do. But if we didn't have the miracles, for a lot of people, they would never even come near the Bible. Right now, uh, we house 80 to 100 people, uh, feeding hot meals every day. And in our food pantry, we take care of 704 Households in three counties with no budget, <laughs> and we only know where the little bit of the money is coming from. You happen to be one of them that sends some money, some others do on a regular basis, but it's a very small portion of what it takes to run it, so we don't have a budget even. But this goes on every day. Last Christmas, we gave out 1,500 pounds of meat along with the boxes to the folks coming in there. And we had six freezers of meat left over. The more we gave away, the more came. It wouldn't run dry. We tried to run that sucker dry. But it wouldn't. It just kept coming. You know? And God says, hang on. I'm going to show you some things. And man, has he shown me some things. I'm going to share a couple other things. Bill, I'm going to give you a watch back. I'm going to ask you to go beep, beep, beep when I'm close. Because I won't ever go back to that watch. All right, and I know we're on a, I'm trying to stay on a time schedule. I'm going to do the best I can. Well, God started doing that, and then we was wondering where all more food come from. And he did something else for us this year, this last year. He brought on the Amish. 
And we got a truckload of food from the Amish every week. We're tied in with them right now. And they helped us take a barn down. You know how we got that? He does weird stuff like he did with the widow. You see this hat? Well, I don't wear hats because my hair's too pretty to cover up. All right? You hear me talking? All right. I see that lady like my hair right there. All right? I like you. I'll remember you. All right? The rest of them I don't care about. But I'm going to remember you when I leave here. But I, a resident, former resident, came to my wife's my home one day, and he said, Pastor Barry, I've been wanting to do something for you for what you did for me when I lived there. And I couldn't think what to do, and I don't have a lot of money. So he sent away, and he had this hat made up. It's a little ostentatious. Is that the right word, Bill? You didn't know I had one of them, did you? Hey, you didn't know that. I pulled that, I pulled that right out of the Bill Crite bag right there, man. I got that, man. I got your tie. I got your word. I'm a little Bill today. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't in the script. Uh, so I, uh, one day we decided to go over to the Amish. My wife and my mom and I, mom had never been over, and I was there one time, and, and I said, let's go over because my kids were showing it, my grandkids were showing at a horse show right there in Unity. So we went over, and I, I don't know why, but I took that hat and I put it on. And I'm wearing this into the Amish store. Hey, you see what I'm saying? Hey, Gus, man, you got that, but, all right? But anyway, I'm wearing this, and this guy behind the counter ends up uh, being John. His name's John. He starts staring at me, and he's just staring at me. And I'm over here, and I'm looking over, and he's, I'm like, what? You know, you know how you make all the check spots to make sure everything's working? And finally he comes out around, and he walks up to me, and he, I'm sorry, woman. My wife is very embarrassed. Uh, she's used to it. I embarrass her everywhere I go. Anyway, John comes up, and he walks up about this close, and he looks right at my hat. And he goes, are you? I said, am I what? Are you a man of faith? I said, I think so. He said, well, tell me why you think so. And I started telling the stories that are in the book, you know, that I've shared here. And when I got done, he looked at me and goes, we want to join you. I said, what? He said, we've been praying that we wanted to help a homeless shelter, and we've tried other ones, but... They wouldn't let us, well, they would let us do it, but we couldn't pray with anybody. And all we asked is we'd come in, bring food and cook. We'd do all of that for them. If they let us come in, we'd share food with them. But if somebody was hurting, we'd like to sit down and pray with them. He said, could we do that at your shelter? I said, pray your little heart right out. <laughs> and we've since then built a real good relationship. We've become really good friends, and uh, they load up. All summer long there, they loaded up a truckload of organic food, rounded our truck once a week, and uh, our kitchen helps going nuts. Um, and they want to help build, being on the building of the new building. Uh, we're going to uh, break ground, hopefully this, in, by the end of this month, on a 48-bed family shelter that's in the book. Uh, I only got so much time, so I'm going to give you a cliff notes. I'm going to try and say some things I hadn't said here before. Uh, so one of the things God gave us, he gave us the Amish. 
another thing he gave us, the book. The book has done extremely well. We're very excited about that. Um, it went bestseller in six weeks, and it's selling all over the country. I'm getting calls from all over the country. It's incredible. Uh, I was speaking at one church, and a guy came up to me afterwards and said, I'm a filmmaker, and I want to buy your book, and I want to read your book, and if your book's like what you're saying, I've been praying for 14 years for God to lead me to a faith-based movie. He's been doing horror films all this time. God has a sense of humor, all right? <laughs> Frankenstein reinvented, you know. Uh, so he said, I'd like to buy the book, and I'm going to read it, and I'd like to talk to you in a couple of days if I could and buy you a cup of coffee. Well, it was on Sunday. I got a call said, uh, Tuesday afternoon. He said, can I meet with you Sunday for a cup of coffee? He said, uh, Wednesday for a cup of coffee. He said, sure, come to our home. So he did. He didn't come in with coffee. He came with a stack of papers. And he said, I'd like, I'd like to have you let me do your, your book. And I'd like to make a movie out of it, a two-hour feature film. And I said, okay. I, I, I just walk around my mouth hanging open all the time, like, what are you doing, God? You know? And, uh, and he said, uh, well, we don't have a lot of upfront money to pay you for it. He said, there's other ones who will pay you a lot of money up front. If they get a hold of this book, they're going to want this. So he said, I'd like to get you signed up right now. But he said, here's what I'll do. I can't give you much on the front end. But he said, normally the writer gets 5% of all the profits from a movie. That's the normal fee they get. And I said, okay. He said, that could be a lot of money. I said, okay, that's fine. And he said, we talked about it because you're giving all your money to the homeless shelter like you are the book. He said, if you, you told us anything comes going to the shelter. I said, yeah. He said, we're going to do 50-50 on the profits. So here's my vision. If this movie does what they think it'll do when it comes out, well, I'm praying we have the financial wherewithal then to go and help others all over America start what we're starting. Go in one at a time, send a team in, and be there for financial backing if that's what God does. Um, that's the vision we have to take this across America. See, my vision is to see the churches get the homeless off the streets and not the government. So I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, if, if you're real political, thank you. God bless. If you're super political this morning, uh, you're going to think that whoever the next president is is going to make everything better. I'm going to tell you something. The presidents didn't screw the country up. We did. The church has stopped being the church of Jesus Christ. And we stopped reaching out. We forgot the two greatest commandments. And I was talking with the pastor this morning. My theology has melted down from all I've ever been taught down to just two. That When Christ said, stop screwing out of those stuff, I said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, your neighbor is yourself. And he talks about the Good Samaritan. We got away from that. There's 33 cities in our country right now that's against the law to feed a homeless person in their town. And when I heard that, I said, where's the church? And the churches are going, well, that's okay because we can't do that. We've got to obey the law. Well, the law didn't say you couldn't feed them. It said you can't go out on the street and feed them. It never said they couldn't open their doors and say, come on in here, we'll have a meal or, or whatever for them. Because I'll tell you what. We want to see evangelism in this country. You start touching the homeless population and you're going to see people come to Jesus like you ain't never seen in America. Vashili was given the statistics for the E-Free in New England. The average church in New England, E-Free, see three salvations a year. We had 410 last year. 
in our homeless shelter. Why? Because we met him with a sandwich. We didn't beat him overhead with the Bible. We shared Jesus after we give him the sandwich. Somebody's got an empty belly. The last thing they want to hear is about Jesus. They want the sandwich, then talk about Jesus. I get asked all the time, Pastor Barry, why are you doing this for us? And I tell them, because I love Jesus and he loves you. They get saved. I don't have a program. I don't have a big fancy thing. I don't have evangelism explosion, but evangelism is exploding in our shelter. But I haven't written a book, Evangelism Explosion, because it'd be a short book. Give them a sandwich, tell them Jesus loves them, and hug them. That's a pretty small book, you know. You could write that fast. This week we had a, the Mid-Coast Christian Academy come up, all these kids, 25 kids or so. And they're using my book for a civic social studies thing. And I'm looking at these kids, and we're telling stories to them, and these kids are crying when they see the other children running around, and they go, those are homeless. And I looked at these kids, and I go, y'all, what's going to make the difference? My generation screwed it up. Your generation is going to fix it up. It's going to start with the Christian schools. It's going to start in the regular schools. It's going to start with our churches teaching us what we need to do this most important, love our neighbors, ourselves. The sad part of it is we want to do that, but our neighbor doesn't always look and smell like we want him to look or smell. Uh, how am I doing? Five minutes? Okay. I can nail it on this one. All right. I'm going to slide right on out of here. Okay. I'm going to share one more thing, then I'll have them do the DVD, and then we'll... You closing? The prayer? Okay. All right. Uh, while Seth Roberts, he's a film writer, was with us, uh, four, he spent four days because he wanted to meet everybody in the book and he called people that weren't there and all of that. Well, he's got a little seven-year-old daughter that was there every day and she started running around with all the little children. And her and one little girl just became tighter than tight. You did not see one without the other. I'm telling you, they almost had to have surgery to separate them when they left. Well, just before they left, the, uh, Seth's daughter, Morgan, uh, she said, oh, well, let's go out to Daddy's car. And the little girl turned and she goes, you got a car? And little Morgan looked at her and she goes, well, everybody's got a car. And she said, we don't have a car. That little girl was so moved. She said, she come in, she grabbed her daddy. She said, that, my little friend don't have a car, daddy. He said, sweetie, she don't have a home. <laughs> She lives here. Do you understand? It really didn't, the little girl really, seven-year-old didn't understand that that little girl was there because she didn't have a home. But she was happy and run around playing games, so you couldn't tell the difference. Say, she, this little girl with the home and the car, they blended in. They, she just didn't know. And, and she said, Daddy, i got to do something. Well, I went out to Seth's last week, last Tuesday afternoon, to finish up the script, which is, Completed now, and they're getting ready to move on from there. Well, his little daughter came around. She had a baggie, and it had 400 pennies in it. And she says, Pastor, this is all I got. She went home and started looking for pennies, asking people for pennies. She put together this baggie of 400 pennies, 
And she said, would you please use it for those little children? The little girl that doesn't have a car. That's what's going to change America. That's what's going to change the churches. That's what God is doing as part of it. It doesn't empty out. The blessings don't empty out. And he gave us a blessing. One of them, she sent these books everywhere, and some of the names she sent them to, you will know. And they responded. This is nuts. James Dobson read the book, responded, and handed it to his people. We may be going on the James Dobson show. One of my greatest heroes of all time sent a letter, said he's reading my book, Billy Graham. Franklin Graham sent a letter, I'm reading your book. There's nothing that a writer writes, just these stories of what God is doing for the hurting and is touching America. And you guys are a major part of that because we can't help them if you don't help me.